0: no appointment radio wherever whenever now from studio b or from wherever the saints or pelicans might be here's sean kelly
2: how goes it it is the black and blue report the podcast for saints and pelicans fans greetings today from the smoothie king center studios where tonight the new orleans pelicans play preseason game number four as they welcome in the houston rockets Hi again, everybody. I'm Sean Kelly. Glad you're with us here on this Tuesday, a Tuesday that feels great outside here in New Orleans. Uh, I think everybody north and west of us is also experiencing some pretty good weather here today, and it is most welcome as we uh, turn the page, hopefully, into maybe a more true fall-like feel here along the uh, Gulf South. We'll see. Uh, Fall, though, uh, keeps me uh, thinking of football all the time, and we'll think of football today in the form of the Detroit Lions. Tim Twentyman from DetroitLions.com will be our guest. He'll help us start the conversation about the upcoming opponent for the black and gold. The Lions are seemingly uh, doing very well. A lot of things going their way. We'll talk to Tim about their defense. They're now veteran quarterback. What's the status of Calvin Johnson at this time? Is Reggie Bush going to be able to back up his guarantee of playing this weekend at home against the Saints? All that's on the table today. And that'll be our football talk today as the Saints are off before getting really back into it tomorrow. Full day on schedule over at campus for the Saints as they come off of the bye week. And then on the basketball side, uh, two different conversations. One regarding the Houston Rockets. As the radio voice of the Rockets, Craig Ackerman, stops by. We'll talk about the Rockets and their 3-0 and preseason start and what they'll bring to the table with regard to the Pelicans and the Southwest Division this season. And then one of the guys that's caught my eye here in Pelicans practice of late is D.J. Steffens. Call him a camp guy, call him a fringe guy, whatever you want to call him. Uh, he's... Bit of a long shot to make this NBA roster, but that doesn't mean that what he's doing here in October won't earn him a job somewhere else, but he can flat jump out of the gym. And I wanted to talk to him today uh, with you all so that we get to know him a little bit better as perhaps he might factor into tonight's game against the Rockets or Thursday's game against the Oklahoma City Thunder. And one of the interesting things was, and this is, this is on me a little bit, well it's all, it's all on me actually. I've been referring to him as D.J. Stevens. His last name is spelled S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S. Uh, this nice young man was kind enough to let me call him D.J. Stevens throughout the entire interview that you'll hear here uh, later on in the podcast, and then uh, very politely, uh, and I'm glad he did, uh, corrected me after the microphone was turned off, and he said, by the way, it's D.J. Stephens." So during the interview, it'll be D.J. Stevens. For the remainder of this podcast and tonight's ball game here on the Pelicans Radio Network, it will be, correctly, D.J. Steffens. So I apologize to D.J. about that here, I guess, in uh, in hindsight with regard to our visit in the locker room about an hour ago. And uh, so there you go. There's your show today. Tim Twenty Man from the Detroit Lions uh, camp and then Craig Ackerman from the Rockets and D.J. Steffens of the New Orleans Pelicans. There are tickets available tonight if you'd like to come out and get your first look not only at the Pelicans, but also now the next phase of renovations at the Smoothie King Center, I think you're going to really like it. And the new floor, I saw the pictures, uh, but now to see it in person, it is it is fantastic. So why don't you come on out tonight. The tip-off is at 7 o'clock. We'll have coverage on the Pelicans radio network for you, whether you're at the game or if you're not. A little bit later in the show, I do want to tell you about listening to the ball game on your Pelicans app. And I promise, Daniel, don't let me forget. I will do that before we end our session here today on the Black and Blue Report. Major League Baseball is in the works today as well. We've got, what, one ball game at 1.30 and then one later on tonight. It's National League in the afternoon, American League in the evening, and we'll talk about those games as those series moves on tomorrow. We'll do a little bit of that tomorrow on the Wednesday edition. So uh, let's see here. Let's go with uh, football talk first, and then we'll uh, go back-to-back on basketball. So Tim Twenty Man of the Detroit Lions uh, camp is ours next.
4: Let's get the ball rolling for a thrilling time at the Sanderson Farms Championship PGA Golf Tournament, November 3rd through 9th at the Country Club of Jackson. For lots of first-class golf and fan-pleasing fun, join us for the Sanderson Farms Championship. It'll be quite a ride, unless you're chicken. For ticket information, visit www.sandersonfarmschampionship.com.
2: The New Orleans Pelicans are taking flight, and you don't want to miss any of the action. The Pelicans five-game flex plan presented by Domino's is the opportunity to pick the games right for you. Ticket plans are the only way to guarantee seats to the biggest games, including the matchup against LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Plus, each plan comes with a free Domino's pizza. Five-game packages start as low as $45. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to score your five-game plan today.
0: We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report.
2: Well, the Detroit Lions are sitting here at 4-2 and two now, and I wouldn't say that it was a thrilling win over Minnesota at 17-3 their last time out, but it is a win, and now they've won three of their last four as well. And as promised from DetroitLions.com, Tim Twentyman helps us to start our conversation here this week about the Lions and the Saints. Hi, Tim.
3: Hey, Sean. How you
2: doing? I'm doing great. Good to have you on again. I really appreciate it. And uh, you must be pleased about the way this team has started, at least as far as the joy in covering them at this point.
3: Yeah, certainly. I, it's been refreshing just the way they've been winning, too. You know, for so many years, the, the fan talk and everyone here is, boy, when's this team going to get a defense? I mean, if their defense could ever match what this team has, has done the past few years on offense, boy, they could be really good. And this team's playing some defense early on this year. I mean, they, they rank number one in points allowed. They rank number one in total defense. They rank number one against the pass, and they're number two against the run. Well, we've almost got like a Miguel Cabrera triple header here if they can if they can, uh, if they can uh, creep into that number one spot against the run. But I think that's what's been refreshing is, is they've played defense and. And maybe the perplexing part of, of of that, and the flip side is is that this notoriously good offense has struggled a little bit. So it, it's been odd covering them a little bit because we're so used to Megatron and offense, and, and now it's defense. So it's it, it's flipped, but the, but the start has certainly uh, been fun to, fun to watch, and and certainly fun to cover.
2: I think you're dead on. That this should be the start of the conversation about the Lions' defense. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, because I haven't done kind of a complete deep dive yet. But I'm looking at the Lions defense and saying, okay, well, all these names, most of these all seem very familiar. So, so what clicked? What's different here, Tim, that's kind of turned them into such a defensive-minded football team?
3: Yeah, the one name that you haven't heard is Terrell and That's their new defensive coordinator. This is his first year in Detroit. He comes over from Baltimore, where he was the defensive backs coach for a number of years there. And and you know they've changed their scheme. You know they're uh you know they're fourth. They're still base four or three, but but they you know they, they put their Sam linebacker on the line of scrimmage. They rush him a lot. They do a lot of different things with their front four, which was was stout. I mean this was always a good front four with Nick Fairley and Ziggy Ansah and, and Sue, but but um, they, they switch them up. They move them around. You know, and, and Domkin's not always um, in the three technique on the right side. You know, He'll stand up. He'll play end. Ziggy will stand up as a linebacker. They really change it up, and they're blitzing a lot more. This team blitzed the second fewest times last year behind only Jacksonville. Um, they're way up on that list this year. They bring pressure with their linebackers. Um, and then they made a couple – uh, good acquisitions in the secondary James ahead of they brought him from from Baltimore he's been terrific at strong safety and then Darius Slay their second round pick last year he made the biggest jump of anyone on this team from first year to second year he's playing like like a top end cornerback and and those guys back in, in in the back four are allowing the front seven to be aggressive because they're playing well
2: as Tim mentioned, the Lions are first in opponents' uh, passing yards. That's about 197 a game, second in rushing, only 73.5 yards per game. Tim, it, you know, it seemed like the Lions would shoot themselves in the foot in recent past, whether it be they'd get to the quarterback but hit him late or they'd, uh, they'd try to corkscrew somebody in the ground and it would be a 15-yard personal foul. Um, are they more disciplined now than they've been in the past? No,
3: oh, certainly. I mean, it, then that's Jim Caldwell's presence. I think he's a veteran coach. This is his first year in Detroit, and and when he got here, you know, the things that he looked at were those penalties that you talked about, the the post snap penalties and, and turnovers. You know, this is a talented team, and it's always been a talented team, but they did things like you mentioned, where they just shot themselves in the foot with turnovers and bad penalties and, and, you know, those were the things that he put up on the board and he keeps them up and he harps on them. Every team meeting don't hurt ourselves. And if the Lions don't hurt themselves, they've got some talented players. They're very good on defense. I think this offense is going to pick up. It's only a matter of time when you've got guys like Reggie Bush, Calvin Johnson, golden Kate, I mean, it's going to click. It's a new scheme and, and it's been slow to develop, but it's only a matter of time. And so if this team doesn't, you know, shoot themselves in the foot, They can be a pretty good team, and they can be playing for something in December.
2: What's the latest, Tim, on Reggie Bush and Calvin Johnson at this point?
3: Yeah, Reggie's a little bit better off than Calvin is. Reggie said after the game in Minnesota that that there was a pretty good chance that he'd be back. And I think holding him out was more cost than anything. If this was Week 17 in Green Bay and you needed a win, he probably would have played in that game on Sunday. So I looked for him to play on Sunday. Calvin's a little bit different a high ankle sprain. You never know with a high ankle sprain. And, and what the Lions have decided is they're not going to put Calvin Johnson back on the field until um, he can be more like Calvin Johnson and there's not a risk of him re-injuring. They would rather sit him for a week or two or three leading into their bye and have him 100%, $130 million Calvin Johnson um, than than a guy who's been limited, which we've seen the last few weeks. So it's really going to depend on how he feels. I will say this, Calvin – has notoriously been a very quick healer in, in terms of the injuries that he suffered. So um, it'll just depend on Wednesday and Thursday, but but certainly Reggie is better off than Calvin is.
2: Tim Man from DetroitLions.com here with us on Black and Blue Report. Hey, Tim, let's talk about Matthew Stafford for just a moment. I, I've always kind of been waiting for Stafford to get pushed into the conversation about elite quarterbacks in the NFL, and for a variety of reasons, that's never really happened. Although, again, I, I still am holding out that he's going to take that step is he any closer now this season than maybe in the last couple of years?
3: Well, I think it's tough to tell because it is a new system under Joe Lombardi like we talked about there and and I think everybody's kind of struggled to pick that up when it's been slow coming. So, I don't think we we've seen how it can all work together when it when it's really rolling. Um but yeah, I think fans have been waiting for the same thing with Matthew Stafford, and you look at some of the moves that they made this off season. A lot of them were centered around um, making Matthew Stafford a better quarterback. You know, hiring Jim Caldwell, offensive-oriented head coach, brought in Joe Lombardi, who had been Drew Brees' quarterback coach the last five years. Jim Bob Cooter, who worked in Denver as the quarterback coach with Peyton Manning. You know, they go their, their biggest free agent acquisition is Golden Tate, giving another weapon. They draft Eric Ebron, the tight end, number ten. All things you know, to help Matthew Stafford become better. And, you know, we haven't seen it yet. And, you know, we've seen flashes, you know, 2011, um, when when you know your Saints you know beat the Lions in the playoffs, that was a five thousand yard season, forty one touchdowns for Matthew Stafford. So you know it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the turnovers that have been the biggest key, I think, in preventing him from being an, an upper echelon quarterback. And and along with the wins, and Matthew, you will be the first one to tell you that you know I can't be considered in the conversation with elite quarterbacks until I win something. Yeah. I haven't won anything, and he and he said that before. And I think you're right. You look at the elite guys; they're all guys who have either had playoff success or won Super Bowls, and that's what it takes. That's, that's where you're measured as a quarterback. But I think the biggest number with Matthew when it's all said and done this year is going to be his touchdown versus turnover ratio.
5: That's with a good the defense
3: point. As well, with the defense playing as well as it is, um, if, if, they, you know, if he doesn't turn the ball over and make mistakes, I don't want to say manage the game because a guy with that much talent, you don't really want him to manage the game. But if he can be a 2-1 to touchdown to interception ratio guy, they continue to play defense like this, they're going to be a pretty good football team.
2: Does the Reggie Bush versus his old team, or maybe more intriguing to me, does the Joe Lombardi versus the Saints uh, storyline move the needle at all for you or anybody else up there? No,
3: I don't think so. I mean, you know, coaches move around so much in this league that, um, you know, you're inevitably going to face somebody. You know, we saw it with Jim Schwartz in Buffalo a couple weeks ago. Um, You know, Jim Caldwell you know, could say the same thing about facing Baltimore and Indianapolis. And so I think not so much for the coaches. Reggie brought it up. Um, and, and so I think, you know, it's something obviously in the back of his mind, but he's played New Orleans since mm-hmm. leaving there, yeah. I, I believe. So, you know, joint Bell was also mentioned something about it too. I think this will be his first time, you know, actively on the roster since since we plucked him off the, the New Orleans practice squad in 2011. Um, so yeah, you know it's on their radar, but I don't think they make a big deal
2: of it. All right, so you're lukewarm on that, and I know it's only Tuesday, but give me maybe one or two uh, storylines or or things that you uh, are intrigued by going into this weekend.
3: Well, can the defense keep it up? I mean, this is this isn't Teddy Bridgewater in in and Minnesota or or Geno Smith and in, in the Jets. This is Drew Brees and that potent new orleans offense i mean they're i think they're number two overall i think they're number two in passing coming in so i think this is going to be the, the biggest test for this defense so far now they held green bay to seven points and that was certainly an an accomplishment can they do it against this high powered offense of new orleans i think we'll, we'll really get a good feel for how good this defense really is this week and and who steps up you know with if calvin johnson doesn't play Who's that guy? You know, Golden Tate has shown he can be, but he can't do it alone. You know, Eric Ebron hasn't done a whole lot so far. Corey Fuller, Jeremy Ross, Ryan Broyles, you you get flashes from them now and again, but nothing consistent. So, you know, who steps up if Megajon can't play? And and is this defense for real? I think those are two big storylines this week.
2: Well, as always, I don't know why, whenever we talk, I, I sit there and say, why do I only have this guy on once a year, it seems. So um, <laughs> let's let's do it again here soon. Nice stuff today, Tim. I appreciate it. All right, anytime. Yep, Tim Twentyman uh, with DetroitLions.com. Lions and Saints this weekend. They'll be here before you know it. Coming up next though, on the Black and Blue Report, we'll turn our attention to the basketball side and visit with the voice of the Houston Rockets, Craig Ackerman. in Just a moment.
5: Fans cheer on your Pelicans as they play their final preseason game against the Dallas Mavericks at the CenturyLink Center in Bossier City on Thursday, October 23rd. Prices start at just $9 from www.ticketmaster.com. While in town, enjoy the opening weekend of the State Fair of Louisiana, our numerous casinos, including the world-famous Horseshoe Casino, and hotel. Check out hotel packages for the game and other things to do at shreveport-bossier.org or call 888-45-VISIT in new orleans food is more than a passion it's a tradition and zatarain's has been part of that tradition for 125 years from jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more zatarain's has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz and we're excited about what next season might bring jazz it up tonight with zatarain's proud sponsor of the new orleans pelicans
0: It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report.
2: Our next guest here on the Black and Blue Report, I respect greatly because he still gets the stick and huck out and plays a little ice hockey still at his advanced age. He's actually not that old. But uh, Craig Ackerman, the radio voice of the Houston Rockets, joins us. And, Craig, I'm I'm just curious as to how you find ice in Houston, Texas, that you can still play hockey on.
6: There's like four or five rinks in the city. There's a lot more than – and you would imagine. You also got to remember with the oil and gas industry that there are a lot—I mean, a lot—of Canadians who live in Houston. So there's plenty of ice available. Gosh, I, mean, I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah, great no, I, I haven't great been able sport. to board.
2: Haven't been able to play since I left the Midwest. There's nothing around here. So maybe I need to get over to Houston. Although,
6: well, yeah, move, move to Houston. Yeah, so you'll, you'll yeah. have plenty of, plenty of ice time there.
2: Yeah, that would be great for my career um, and my commute. <laughs> um, honey, I got to go to work. It's two in the morning, but I got to be there at seven. Yes. <laughs> Ah, uh, the Rockets are in town, as we talked about earlier in the show, and Craig is here to call the game for the Rockets fans, uh, as the uh, the two will renew acquaintances tonight at the Smoothie King Center. This will be preseason game number four for each team, and Craig, here the Rockets are off to a three and zero start in the preseason. I'm I'm sure you're all getting sized for the preseason championship rings at this point, but uh, certainly though three and zero during the preseason must say something, right?
6: Um, I suppose. I mean, the Rockets have been. Pretty dominant over the last, I don't know, half dozen years in summer league play. So we'll start there, <laughs> and in preseason play. So uh, I guess it, I guess it means something. I mean, uh, Dwight Howard and James Harden once again will not play tonight. They, they did not play last night. Uh, Dwight did not play uh, against Memphis. Um, it, it, look, it's preseason results are uh, tough to read a whole lot into it because, as you well know, that there are so many additional things that go into these games outside of the goal of winning them. Um, coaches like to get a look at different things and different players and different rotations and for the Rockets coming into camp with you know their starting lineup is settled there's no question about that that unit's going to be very good and perform very well but there are still plenty of questions in terms of who the backups are going to be and so that's what this this preseason is primarily about for this team trying to figure out a rotation trying to figure out who the coaches can trust to back up those starters and I think we've seen some good things from from Ish Smith. It looks like he's he's got the the leg up on the backup point guard position uh, coming over from Phoenix in the second stint uh, with the Rockets. Uh, they're trying to figure out who's going to back up Dwight. Tark Black has sort of come out of nowhere. Uh, he played his first three years of college ball in Memphis and was at Kansas last year. He's played extremely well uh, in the preseason. Kostas uh, Papanikolaou, the the young man that they picked up from from Greece, who's an NBA rookie, is still trying to. Uh, find his way. We've yet to see Jason Terry play in a game as he's uh, recovering from uh, a bit of a a hamstring thing. So uh, To me, that's what the preseason for this team is primarily about, trying to see which young guys can and will step up and ultimately who will end up being in the rotation come the regular season.
2: Craig, what was left in your mouth at the end of last season, whether it was good or bad, um, and how has it changed now from what you've seen here in the preseason?
6: Well, I mean, talking about after the Lillard shot...
2: Well, I guess yeah. I mean, because that—I mean, it was, it was devastating in itself. But you know, yes. with the with the Howard arrival and all that, I think there was a high expectation for the Rockets that maybe didn't play itself out, or or maybe it's maybe it's part of the process that I'm not seeing. But um, what did you? What other than the Lillard shot, which was you know unbelievable? Um, did Crazy,
6: you, terrible way to end the season. It, it,
2: it was. Um, and so, did that compound things? Did you feel? unsatisfied with the season did you feel take away the shot did you feel okay we're heading the right direction what was what was left there at the end
6: I think there was an unsatisfying uh, feeling the last year I mean look the Rockets won 54 games which is the fourth highest win total in franchise history so the regular season was super successful but this was a team and that had and continue to will have its sights set much higher than just getting to the playoffs and they had a matchup that they felt was favorable to them going in based on the way they matched up with the Blazers in the regular season. Um, not, not that they overlooked Portland because both teams finished with identical records and the Blazers are an excellent basketball team. But, yes, it was unsatisfying because the Rockets lost both games at home to start that series. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then it got compounded, again, with, with the way that things ended when they were nine-tenths of a second away forcing a game 7 in Houston which honestly I thought uh, at least my gut told me that they would win in advance and I, I'm not wasn't going to say that they were going to beat the Spurs in a series but their their goals were higher than just making the playoffs and it was it was a rough start to that postseason series it was a terrible ending to it let, left a lot of bad taste in a lot of people's mouths um, and so ultimately I guess in some part the season as a result was disappointing and then of course the rockets go into the summer and with Daryl Morey you always expect something to happen. He hit home runs in the prior two offseasons with James Harden and Dwight Howard, and of course, the team's not going to shy away from swinging for the fences, and they tried to swing again for the fences, but this time, much to the chagrin of many other NBA observers around the country, they missed out, and then there was the Chandler Parsons situation um, and and, and how that played out, and that was a bit of a surprise to a lot of people, Um, but ultimately, look, this team still has arguably two of the ten best players in the league and James Harden and Dwight Howard, they're still in a great place. They're still going to win a ton of games. They're probably still a high-level player away from ultimately being a serious uh, championship contender. But the Rockets, uh, Daryl Morey feels he still has the pieces to get that done between now and the February trade deadline. So that's where the team currently
2: sits. Oh, okay, all oh, those are good points. I'm I'm glad I asked because I didn't know quite how it was being viewed over there. So great answer. It made me learn a little I mean, bit more. I, think
6: the, I mean, I think the offseason ultimately, what the, again, they, kind of similarly with the playoffs last year. Yeah. Their goal was to land another big fish, and they didn't. And as a result, trying to maneuver themselves to get in position to do so, they traded away two ro- They traded away two rotation players. Omer Asik, who's now here in New Orleans, who was just terrific. I know he had a little bit of an up-and-down season last year, but the Rockets a year ago had better rim protection at the center position than anybody in the league with Dwight Howard and Omer Asik traded away a rotation player in Jeremy Lin and I know he tends to be a little bit on the inconsistent side but his playmaking ability off the bench is something the Rockets are looking for here in the preseason to replace and then you lose a starter in Chandler Parsons um, uh, to Dallas and again that was a bit of a shock in terms of everything that the Rockets said that they were going to do in terms of matching the offer sheet but ultimately decided not to so uh, it was a, it was a bit of a awkward shell shock summer from From that perspective but again when you look at the the big picture they're still in a very good position and uh and again i think they're probably one impact player away
2: hey last question let's say i'm coming to the game as a fan tonight uh no dwight howard no james harden probably no jason terry give me a guy give me a guy that i probably didn't expect that i should maybe watch tonight that could factor in to the rockets plans either you know in their rotation or some key role for houston
6: Well, you know, Troy Daniels is a guy last year who set the D-League record with threes. I mean, the Rockets were number one in the NBA last season in terms of attempts and makes from three. And I imagine if they're not going to be number one this year, they're going to be darn close. And Troy Daniels is probably the best shooter that you've never heard of. Hmm. I mean, the guy can absolutely fill it up. I mean, he played five regular season games last year. And I mean, he can absolutely stroke it. And he earned the respect of the coaches, earned himself a spot in the rotation last year because the Rockets didn't get much if any production from their backup wing spots last year. And so we played somewhat in that series in Portland, helped the Rockets win game three there with a huge three um, late in that game. Uh, It's been a little bit interesting. I thought he was a lock to be in the rotation this season um, based on what he did last year, but he has not gotten off the bench in any of these preseason games yet uh, until the earliest third quarter, which was, was last night, um, but he and, and he shot it really well. He's a really interesting guy to watch. I mean, he comes off picks, catches, releases, and has a sweet looking stroke. He's a small guy, but he can really fill it up. And so uh, I think, um, again, I think he might be the best shooter that, that nobody's heard of. So keep an eye on him tonight.
2: I will. I remember seeing him just a little bit against the Pels there late last season. Um, and you're right, his numbers. And he had his to- career
6: high here, I think, in our last regular season game. He had I'm like pretty sure. 20 something yep. points there, yeah. Yep.
2: So, all right, good good tip there. Craig Ackerman, radio voice of the Houston Rockets. Enjoy our fall-like weather here in the Crescent City today, Craig, and we'll see you tonight. It's
6: about time. Yes. It's about time. Looking forward to it, Sean. Thanks so much. No,
2: thank you. DJ Steffens is our guest next inside the Pelicans locker room as Black and Blue Report continues in just a moment.
0: Miss Blue Man Group, the theatrical sensation is coming to you, and your chance to see it is right now. Blue Man Group, experience the phenomenon.
4: Coming to Beau Rivage, October 31st to November 2nd. Get tickets at BeauRivage.com. Let's get the ball rolling for a thrilling time at the Sanderson Farms Championship PGA Golf Tournament, November 3rd through 9th at the Country Club of Jackson. For lots of first-class golf and fan-pleasing fun, join us for the Sanderson Farms Championship. It'll be quite a ride, unless you're chicken. For ticket information, visit www.sandersonfarmschampionship.com.
1: Game on with NFL Ticket Exchange, the only official ticket exchange of the NFL, where 100% of tickets are verified by Ticketmaster. Buy and sell the NFL approved way. Visit NFLTicketExchange.com. Together, we make football.
0: We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report.
2: Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Shootaround's in the books, and now inside the Pelicans' locker room here on this uh, Tuesday morning, we get ready for tonight's game against the Rockets. And we're joined by DJ Stevens. We haven't had a chance to visit yet. You know, we've we've said hello and all that on the on the bus or the plane or whatever. But I'm anxious to get to know a little bit more about you as as to how you get here to New Orleans in the fall of 2014. Um, it's actually it's been a uh, it's been a strange trip
7: for me. Um, I was originally signed to go play basketball overseas with the, the team that I finished with in Turkey last year. But middle of the summer, got a, a email and a phone call from them saying they terminated my contract. So uh, I was scrambling, uh, looking pretty much for situations that were a right fit for me. And late, I didn't have too much. So I got a call from Dale Dempsey. He was like, um, wanted me to come to training camp, see what happened from there. And they felt that I had a legit chance
2: of making the team, so that's why I
7: made the, the decision to come down here.
2: Yeah, you mentioned Turkey, and I remember last spring with, with what was going on with Pierre Jackson, mm-hmm. there was talk about him just kind of almost finishing the basketball year out in Turkey, and I, I, I remember talking to Dell and saying, why, why now? And he said, well, you know what, in, in about eight weeks in Turkey, he'll play more over there than he would have had a chance to play over here. Mm-hmm. There seems to be a, a dynamic about that Turkish league right now that – I'm seeing more and more guys with that on their resume, if you will. Um, Just uh, the way overseas stuff works, it's it's really different from here.
7: But uh, another good thing is right now, like certain countries overseas are booming as far as basketball-wise and money-wise, and those are the countries that everybody's trying to get into Mm -hmm. so that they can make the money. So that was an opportunity that I had, so, of course, I had to go try to pursue that. So that's why I finished there. And um, The Turkish League is definitely one of the top leagues overseas, Mm -hmm. so – If you want to try to go over there and play basketball, that's definitely one of the places you want to try to go. I know you want to
2: stay here and play, but if you had to go overseas again, would you do it?
7: Uh, Yes, sir. I mean, um, now it's not like it's just me where I can just make certain decisions, but I have have a little girl now and I have to take care of her, so I have to put myself in a position to be able to provide for my family. So, um, I mean, I think long and hard on it. Unless it was a situation where certain things worked out here and
2: I was able to do all those things in that manner, yes, sir, I'd be open to go back overseas. All right, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you hold two NBA Combine records, don't you? Uh, I think the, the oh, vert you know and the max reach, yes, sir. <laughs> you jump. I mean, it's, it's kind of freakish the way that you're able to get up in the air. When did that explosion start for you? Was there a certain age you can remember that, hey, man, I can jump? higher than anybody else. It was my junior year in high school, and it
7: was just, it's, it's a crazy story. It just happened all of a sudden. Like, I hadn't always been that athletic or anything like that. Just one day, it just hit me. And then, like, every day after that, I was flying and trying to dunk everything and blocking shots and doing this and that. So I, I just feel blessed in a way that something like that was able to happen to a guy like
2: me. So what part of your body can you get even with the rim? Uh, my, my chin my neck (laughs) Uh, my head
7: and my chin like uh, on a few instances i've actually had the opportunity to look down inside the room so look down inside the room yes sir the game must be easy for you then right Uh, i wouldn't say it's easier (laughs) i just get to see it from a different perspective
2: uh, than other people do but yes sir when you get that airborne how vulnerable are you? Can you help people understand what that's like to be in the air like that? Yeah,
7: a lot of people see it as a blessing, but it's also scary at the same time because being that high, so many different things could happen. I could get undercut. I could get bumped and knocked off balance. All kind of things could happen, and a lot of things have happened because I jumped that high, but I'm just blessed, and I just pray that nothing tra- traumatic
2: or anything happens to me, and I just go out there and just play my heart out. Watching you in practice, um, you like to dunk most anything you get your hands on. And even if it's not in a dunking situation, um, is that just who you are? Or are you trying to say, this is the way I like to finish? Are you sending a message by doing that? Um, that's just the way I play. If I, if I get
7: the basketball anywhere around the rim, if I have an opportunity to try to dunk it, I'm going to try to dunk it. Because a lot of the situations, if you can dunk it, that's a great play. Everybody likes dunks. But... If you're close around the rim, somebody tries to block it. If you try to dunk it, like, you're more likely to get fouled than if you try to lay it up or something like that. So that's just my philosophy. That's the way I think.
2: DJ Stevens with us here on the Black and Blue Report. DJ, everybody's going to notice the leaping like I have and the dunking and all that, but what else should we know about your game at this point? Um, I'm more of a
7: basketball player than just my athleticism. Okay. Um, I could defend. Um, I, I do have some offensive abilities. Uh, A lot of people feel that I can't shoot or I can't dribble a basketball or I can't offer anything on the offensive end, and that's not true. People just haven't had a chance because of the system that I played in in college. I wasn't able to showcase that, but as more and more people
2: start to see me and they get to see me play more, they'll be able to see that I'm capable of doing a lot more. This time of year, teams load up their rosters, sometimes upwards of 18, 20 guys, 18 here, obviously, and then those labels start to come out. Okay, well, he's a He's a vet, you know. He's a he's a draft guy, and then you hear that. Well, he's a camp guy or a camp invite. Do you do you cringe a little bit when you hear that?
7: Uh, not so much. I mean, I can't focus on that stuff. I can't let it affect me too much. I mean, the way I've always been, I've always been an underdog, so I always had that chip on my shoulder. So I just try to go in. I just try to outwork everybody. I always try to work hard, play hard, and do the things coach asks of me. And uh, if I do everything I can, I mean, at the end of the day, I can. Lay my head down and say, "Well, at least I
2: gave everything my all." So, what's the message that you've gotten most from this coaching staff about what you've been able to do here in camp?
7: Um, I've actually gotten a lot of different responses uh, from a couple of the coaches. Uh, coaches, the assistant coach Dave, he told me I can shoot the ball a lot better than he thought I could. Um, I got, uh, I had a short conversation with one of the assistants yesterday, and he said um, that I really. Like they coach me like that because they feel like I really have a chance of making this team, and um, Coach Monty talks about and brings up my name in conversations here and there. And for me, I mean the situation I'm in, like I don't get much feedback or anything like that. So I just sometimes I feel like an afterthought or something like that. But for an assistant to tell me that the head coach brings my name up, that lets me know that I'm doing something. That lets me know that. I'm being seen
2: in a way that I didn't understand that and it just makes me want to work that much harder. Ah, those are all good things, that's for sure. Yeah. Two games at home this week, do um, you think you'll get a, a legitimate chance to go out and play a little bit? Oh, I'm not sure,
7: um, I just stay the same way I've always been, just stay ready, stay ready to play, just keep working hard, stay focused and when my time comes just try to maximize on it. How oh, old is that baby girl now? She just turned one in August. And her name?
2: Dallas. Outstanding. DJ, nice visit. Thanks. Thank you. I appreciate it. DJ Stevens with us here on the Black and Blue Report. We'll be back in just a moment here from the Smoothie King Center Studios.
1: Stay up to date on the latest breaking New Orleans Saints news by downloading the team's official app presented by Verizon. Check out the 2014 schedule, league standings, and statistics. Plus, have access to watch live press conferences with Coach John Payton and players. While reliving your favorite Saints moments, the Saints app makes the perfect game day companion with a detailed map of the Mercedes Benz Superdome highlighting the facility's amenities. The free New Orleans Saints app, presented by Verizon, is available to download on iTunes and Google Play. It's a whole lot of cash! Mottos all across Louisiana with cash jackpots starting at $250,000. That's a whole lot of cash! It's a whole From the neon lights of Shreveport, Bossier City, to the banks of Grand Isle, Lotto is your game. It doesn't leave the state, and there's nothing like it anywhere else. It's Louisiana fun just for Louisiana. Lotto, it's a whole lot of cash. Must be at least 21 to purchase.
0: Want to listen to the Black and Blue Report on your phone? Download the Saints and Pelicans app today.
2: We'll have full radio coverage tonight of the ballgame between the Pelicans and the Rockets here from the Smoothie King Center. John DeShazer and myself will be on the air at 7 p.m. across the Pelicans radio network here in New Orleans. The flagship has it tonight, 105.3 WWL-FM. Oh, yes, the app. Let's talk about the Pelicans app for a moment. By the way, if you do not have it, uh, it's worth getting. It has all the latest digital media coverage that comes out of the Pelicans camp. It also has in-game scoring, in-game statistics, uh, it's fantastic. And coming soon, there's a big surprise coming here in the coming weeks that I think you're going to really like. Um, I guess I can't really give any more clues than that, can I? Let's not. Let's not. Um, let's just put it this way. It'll be on the addictive side. let will leave it at that. Um, another thing that is now available currently on the app that I hope that you'll take advantage of is that you can now listen to the Pelicans radio broadcast through the Pelicans app within a certain range of New Orleans. so I, I think it's 70 or 75 miles from the Smoothie King Center that you'll have this available to you. And for those of you that maybe you don't have a, a radio at home anymore, I, I, can't, I don't know how many people have radios in their living rooms anymore, unless it's you know, attached to your surround sound on the television. But uh, if, if you can't get the radio signal or don't have access to a radio, Uh, Now you can just listen right through your mobile device, uh, whether that be an Apple or Android uh, device. Um, The Samsung obviously works pretty well. And uh, I think the tablets, too. You can get the app and then also listen through that. So check it out. Give it a try. Uh, So full postgame tomorrow with regard to the Pelicans, and then we'll really start to ramp up our coverage with regard to the Lions and the Saints this weekend and a whole lot more on the Wednesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. That'll do it for us here from the Smoothie King Center. And again, thanks to DJ Steffens, Craig Ackerman, and Tim Twentyman for joining us today. Thanks to you as well. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. We'll see you on the radio tonight. Otherwise, from Studio B tomorrow here on the Black and Blue Report.
0: Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and pelicans.com